Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hey, hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles today to Matthew, the third chapter, and I'm going to be preaching for three weeks on the infilling of the Holy Ghost, what it is and what it is not. The reason I was praying in the sanctuary the other day, I just felt this prick of God in my spirit that you need to teach people about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He said, you think because you're filled that everybody's filled. He said, they aren't. And many of them are struggling with the belief in it. And so I want to preach to you and uh, understand that I'm a Holy Ghost guy. You're watching by live stream. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to water it down. I ain't trying to get him out. I'm trying to give him all the control I possibly can get. Amen. The least people in this congregation are me and the leadership. Listen, we are all subject to him. He is the most important person in any service. He's the only one that can unveil the truth. He's the only one that can open the eyes and the ears of a believer that they can hear with wisdom and understanding. He is the only one that can convict of sin. He is the only one that can chastise. He is the only one that can sanctify. He is the only one that can circumcise the human heart. And so we need the Holy Ghost, amen? And I'm just not about programs, and I really don't get all excited about men in tights and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, people say, well, you know, they got this program, they got that program. I know it. I have a threefold program I found in the Bible. Prayer, fasting, and the Word. And anything other than that, I'm just not into entertainment. And I don't feel that I have to in entertain the church. I don't feel that I have to make them feel good about themselves. The Word will empower you and will enable you. Amen? And so a thousand things may be happening in other churches, but the bottom line is this. I just think we ought to stick to basics. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, well, they got this program. Well, do your own program. The church cannot keep putting Band-Aids on your neglect. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. We need a men's program. Why? We ought to be men of faith. Jesus said, quit you like men. Quit you like men and walk as men of covenant. Look, we, 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 we don't just have a bunch of nipples hanging off the side of our building that we got to do everything to try to keep you saved. Well, well I want to become all that I can be. Then read the Bible. Amen. Just let the Word do its work and apply it, and you'll be transformed. Amen? Absolutely. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, I know what it is, David. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many, business, how many men's meetings have you been to? Quite a few. Most of them you've had. Oh, just the ones I've had. Well, we ain't had too many. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, I just believe people ought to just grow up in Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that I'm not the byproduct of somebody else's crutch. Amen. If I was thrown into prison, I don't need you to be there with me. Me and Jesus is enough. We are coming out, and the door is coming open. That's it. If I'm sick, I thank God that you pray for me. But my faith is in Jesus. 
not in anybody else's faith. They may wake up with me on their mind. They may wake up with me out of their mind. Amen. Jesus and I are enough. We are enough. Sink or swim. Me and Jesus. Amen. And so I think that we all just get back to basics. I don't know about you. When I first got saved in, gosh, when did I get saved? 36 years, 37 years ago. Charismatic. Everybody that got saved, the first thing they asked you, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Uh, well, yeah, I think. Did you speak in tongues? No. Well, then you aren't filled. They laid hands on them, and everybody had to have the Holy Ghost. Today, it's like it's an indictment against you if you have it. And I think we ought to just be filled with it to the place that we get beside ourselves, amen, and do what God wants us to do. Amen. Hallelujah. You get filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll think different. You'll talk different. You'll act different. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great series. Matthew 3 and verse 5 through 6, and it says these words, Then went out unto him, talking about John the Baptist, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of John the Baptist in Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John the Baptist received the confession of men's sins. Then he baptized them in water. Now, the reason that that was a formula is because we're going to look at the formula in the Old Covenant. And they didn't have to shed the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb, at this time. They simply confessed their sin, their shortcomings, falling short of fulfilling the law of God. And when they confessed that sin, what happened was that they went under the water showing that the old man that they have just repented of living under had been dead and the new man was now alive and it was a man that was committed to Christ or committed to God. So it wasn't that everybody in Israel went through a water baptism, which we're going to get to, but when people sinned, this was a connection point that they turned from their sins and they reconnected with God. And so they were still the people of God, but they had fallen away from the laws of God and the Word of God. Now, the word baptism means, this is important to you, it means to dip. So John the Baptist was John the Dipper. He, it means to dip under. It means to immerse. It never means to sprinkle. It means to cover fully. It means something that is submerged under something else. It means, it never means a sprinkling. It, and it never ever is used as a substitute for the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, to verify that so we can get on beside that, Pat, will you go to 1 Peter, I think it's 315, 315, that uh, talks about being water baptized, the believer. 1 Peter, and I think it's 1... Said, oh, dude, no, that ain't it. I'll tell you. Uh, let's go down to. Do I have it? I don't have it. Uh, how about go to 19? Is that it? 
Somebody said, why didn't you write it down? I didn't think I'd use it. Uh, also, who is it? What scripture is it? Nobody knows where the water baptism scripture is. You're looking for it? It is 19. It ain't 19. All right, look at 16. No, come on. Does anybody know? Oh, okay. Is 3, 20, and 21? Okay, go to 1 Peter 3. There you go. Thank you. Which sometimes were disobedience when one, the long-suffering of God, waited in the days of Noah, while the ark of was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, that was Noah and his sons and their spouses, souls were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. The only thing that can put away the filth of the flesh or redeem man from sin is the blood of Jesus. But it is the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So water baptism is a symbolic gesture, symbolic, uh, an act where a man goes under and he comes up where he's resurrected into new life. <clears throat> but water baptism never washes away sin. Could I get an amen? Okay, all right. So, and then water baptism never ever does what only the blood of Jesus can do. First Peter 1.18. Now, let's look at uh, Matthew 3, 5, and 6 again. Matthew 3, 5, and 6. And they went out to him and all of Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, what, why did John baptize the people? Somebody say, because they confessed their sins. That, because they confessed their sins. That's why John baptized them. That's the only reason he baptized them. He never baptized anybody that was not confessing their sins. Now, let's uh, realize that people could confess without shedding blood in the old covenant covenant but it cannot be confessed without an application of blood in the new covenant baptism was an outward sign of what they believed inwardly and then if you go to John 4 John 4 1 and 2 it's going to talk about that the disciples baptized so we know that John evidently must have been scriptural because Jesus adhered to the disciples baptizing or replacing John. And the reason John was replaced because John 3.30 says that he must increase and I, John, must decrease on the scene. In other words, the attention needs to be shifted to Jesus, the Messiah. And it says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples did. So his disciples baptized. So even while Jesus was on earth, people were still confessing their sins 
and being baptized in water. The disciples were baptizing far more than John did. Now, if you will go to Matthew 3.8, we're going to stay right there in Matthew for just a couple of minutes. Matthew 3.8. Now, after there was a confession of sins, there was the demonstration of the old life being passed and the new life being given. It says, John tells them, Now bring forth, therefore, fruits meant for repentance. In other words, after a person confessed their sins, were baptized in the water, reconciled unto God, submissive again to the word and the law of God, then what happened is expected that fruits would be brought forth. Fruits or works, changes of attitude, changes of means of making livings. They had to be truthful. They had to be honest. They never ever complained about their salaries. They never extracted more than what was supposed to be given to them. They had to become honest men. They had to live what they expressed in the Jordan River that took place at baptism. They were forgiven. The old man was done away with. The new man was alive. Could it get an amen? amen. Absolutely. Now, let's go to uh, Matthew 3 and let's go down to verse 10. And it says, Now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Now, why does he say an axe is laid to the root of the tree? He talks about an old system being destroyed, killed, brought to an end, that a new system could be born. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth, uh, bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and is cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Watch these words. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Now, who is that? Jesus is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with what? Fire. Now, wait a second. Let's go back up to this verse. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance or because of repentance, because a result of your repentance. But when Jesus comes, he's mightier than I. When he comes, when you repent, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Remember the purpose of John's baptism. They confessed their sins, right? John says, I baptize you with water because of that. But then when Jesus comes, when people confess their sins, what does Jesus do? He baptizes them with what? The Holy Ghost and fire. Notice that when people repent today, after the law is brought to an end by the acts or by the time frame of God, the axe is laid to the tree. And when it's laid to the tree, the old way of confessing sin and being right with God was done away with. Now, when a man confesses his sin, he is now not baptized with water, which cannot wash away sins. He is baptized with the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. It is a result of a man's confession of sin. Amen. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. 
I'm just building to something here so that we can understand what happens to us when we get born again or when we get baptized with the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 10:1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not have you that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Wow. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Next verse. And all did eat of the same spiritual meat and all did drink of the same spiritual rock for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. What do we have here? This is an unveiling of the systematic or the symbolic work of the new birth. Remember, the old is a type of shadow. Jesus fulfills all shadows and all types. Now here it says that they were baptized with cloud and with water. So let's look at the type or how people were freed or redeemed or brought into the kingdom of God in the old covenant. Let's go to Exodus 20, I mean Exodus 12, 21. Exodus 12, 21. We're going to see the progression of how Israel was brought into the kingdom of God. Exodus 12, 21. And it says this, Then Moses called for all of the elders of Israel, said unto them, Draw out and take you out a lamb. Anybody remember who Jesus was? The lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. Amen? We were not bought by silver and gold, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Then it says this, And he said unto them, Draw you out, and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. Now this is what happens. They shed the blood of the lamb just like Jesus' blood is shed for our redemption. In the old covenant they would take the blood of the lamb and they would strike it on the door. They would strike it on the two side posts and that was symbolic and the blood would drip to the feet symbolically of Jesus and that was symbolic of the cross. That was symbolic of the cross. That was symbolic of them saying, God, we have transgressed your laws, and what you command us to do, we shall do. And they come under a sacrificial lamb's blood. This is redemption. Remember, we're not saved by anything except the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing else washes away the blood of the sins of a man except the blood of Jesus Christ. So here they are freed from the power of death. We see that when the death angel comes, God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. 
Now, there's two thoughts is that God would just move on. The other thought is that God would throw his glory upon a door so that a deaf angel could not get to the house. But either way, they were redeemed. The second thing that happened, if uh, we can go to Exodus 13, 12. Exodus 13, I'm sorry, Exodus 13, 21. Exodus 13, 21. There you go. Exodus 13, 20. And the Lord went before them by day and in a pillar of cloud to lead them in the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light and to go by day and night. Next verse. And he took away, he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before them. Now remember what? 1 Corinthians, can we go back there? 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and let's look at verse 2 says, remember, they were bought by the blood, and then it says, and they were baptized unto Moses in the what? Cloud. Now, what is the cloud? Somebody say, the Holy Ghost. Isn't the Holy Ghost the cloud? Absolutely. Come on. Is the Holy Ghost the cloud? Absolutely. So they were redeemed, then they were baptized in the cloud, and then if you'll go to Exodus 14, 21, there it says that they were baptized in the cloud first and then in the sea, showing us a New Testament pattern. Exodus 14, 21, and it says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind and all that night and made the sea dry land and thus the waters were divided. This is an Old Testament type of baptism. They were under, they were on dry ground, but the sea was over them. And so it tells us this. First, the blood was applied. Got it? Secondly, there was a walk or a baptism of the cloud. Thirdly, that's what Moses, that's what 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter said. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 2. I just want you to understand and make sure that we're just keeping it all in perspective here. And they were all baptized, baptized unto Moses in the cloud. Baptized in the cloud. They were baptized with a cloud right so they were baptized with the Spirit of God and then water baptism followed the modern-day pattern is that we are redeemed when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord of our life the blood is applied to our lives our lives are then free we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Okay. And then we, because of our confession of sins, what did John say about Jesus? I baptize, baptize you with water because of confession, but he that is mightier and comes after me, he shall baptize you with the what? Holy Ghost and fire because of your confession. And then what happens to the church? First Peter 3, 20, and 21, we go through a water baptism 
not for the cleansing of our sins, not for the redemption of our life, not for the cleansing of our soul or the freedom from the curse of our flesh. We go through water baptism as an act of conscience towards God. Amen. Right? Could again, amen? amen? So we see the pattern in the old covenant starting in Exodus 12, Exodus 13, Exodus 14. It is a redemption of the believer. It is the baptism in the cloud, in the cloud. The cloud's not in them, but baptized in the cloud. They are submersed in the cloud, and then they are immersed through the Red Sea. The same three things that the New Testament church goes through. We are first redeemed by the blood because of the confession of our sins, then, because of that, fellas, we are baptized by the Holy Ghost and fire. Then we are subject to the laws of God. So we, for an act of conscience and obedience, are water baptized. Water baptism being a symbolism of the old man dying and the new man rising. Could I get an amen? If you took, fellas, like she is now, she'd have one identity. You'd plunge her under that water, and when she came up, whoo, it'd be another identity. Right? One, she goes down beautiful. The next, she comes up like a wet little puppy. Okay. <laughs> now, the baptism of Jesus was, a, was fulfilled because he was not a symbolism. He was a fulfillment of the law all right the new testament pattern that we have just seen is the pattern that you and i go through somebody say you're right now all right let's go uh let's go over to ephesians 4 4 ephesians 4 4 <clears throat> ephesians 4 4 now i know that this goes totally contrary to most people's doctrine but this is theologically sound, and you can get it in the book out there, Treasures of Heaven. And I've had so many pastors go through that, trying to disprove it, that they just give up. There is one body. What is that body? The church, the body of Christ. Could I get a name? One body. Somebody say one. There are not 15 bodies. There's one body of Christ. And there is one spirit. What spirit is that? No, it's really the spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit doesn't get us to heaven. The spirit of adoption does. There are many people going to heaven without being filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. My question is not whether they're gone. My question is, I hope those Holy Ghost people are gone. Because people that have the Holy Ghost can get arrogant, mean, divisive. I saw one time in a church two Christians arguing in tongues. They were right in front of me. I was just a young Christian. If they did it today, I believe the Lord would stir me. And I'd knock them both into oblivion. I'd, I'd, listen, what, but I just thought, well, I wonder what they're doing. 
They were grabbing each other's hands and shaking each other and pushing each other off, talking in tongues. I thought, that sounds like my wife, but I understand what she's saying. <laughs> no. Now, so there is one spirit, and that spirit that brings you into the body of Christ is the spirit of adoption. Is the spirit of adoption. Even as we are called into one hope, one hope and one calling. There's only one hope of eternal life. That is, if you're in the body of Christ, if you are a child of God. Then go to the next verse. There is one Lord. Who is that Lord? Jesus. Who? Jesus. Come on, y'all. It's not Buddha. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. There is one faith. Where does that faith lie? In God. The Bible says through Jesus Christ, we believe in God. Well, I thought my faith was in Jesus. It is, but that faith in Jesus points to the, to the Father of all men and all souls, which is God. And then it says this, there is one, what? What baptism would that be? Can't be the baptism of water. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's only one baptism that God is interested in. Oh, he's interested in baptism of water. Yes, he is. It's an act of obedience, a clearing of your conscience. But that you can go to heaven without being water baptized. Now, people say, oh, my God, how can you say that? Well, it's easy. You can go to heaven without being water baptized. Well, how do you know that? Well, the thief on the cross. And, and there are other examples, but that, that's just one. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yes, that's where we went. He didn't go to hell because, oh, you ain't water baptized, man. You're too dry. You're out of here. <laughs> no. No. See, look. Water baptism is an act of faith. But it's not an act of redemption. No. All right. So, there is... One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's just one. This is what now we strive for the unity of the faith. There is to be no divisiveness and no division on these questions right here. That's why Paul uses the word there is one. There's not alternatives. There is one. And so that one baptism that brings us into or is a result of our faith that brings us into the lordship of christ that produces the one spirit that places us into the body of christ what's paul doing he's reversing it so that you understand when you read the last thing you do that you discover the first thing that has ever happened in your life you've been baptized by the holy ghost now, what does baptism mean? No, the water, what does baptism mean? The word baptism. All right, our baptism, baptism means to immerse. Put under. Now, that's what, that's what baptism means. It means to submerge in. It doesn't mean to sprinkle. Remember, 
they were baptized in the cloud. That means, baptism means you got to go into something. Amen. Right? It, it means you got to go into something. You were baptized in the cloud and you were baptized in the sea. You cannot have baptism if you don't go into something. And the word baptism means to immerse, submerge, to be put under something. So here it tells us that there is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, what does that one baptism do? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Remember what Nicodemus asked Jesus, said, well, how can I get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, well, how in the world can I go enter back into my mother's womb? He says, don't you understand, you being a teacher of Israel, understand that a man has to be born of the word, you have to hear, and then a man has to be born of spirit. A word and spirit. Water is never mentioned. But then he says, Jesus says, but the spirit bloweth. You don't know how, but you can see the effects of it. In other words, Jesus was telling John that, you know what? You have to hear and believe who I am, and then you have to be baptized by the Holy Ghost to enter into the kingdom of God. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost is like a wind. You can't tell, you know, where it's coming from because it just engulfs you. They were baptized in the cloud. You ever, how many of you have been water baptized? How many of you saw turtles when you were down there? One woman was being baptized and she came up and she cried out, I saw the Lord. The little boy said, you're a liar, that's a turtle. Well... But the fact being is that we are baptized in something. And so Jesus tells Nicodemus, the wind blows. And when it happens, you may not understand it. You may not know it. But you will see the effects of it. The effects of the new birth. Bringing forth works that complete our, our uh, confession of sins. For by one... How many? One spirit. Are we all baptized into one what? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now go to the next verse. For the body is not just one member but many. Next. And if the foot say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And then as we go on down through here, if we can go back to verse 13, it tells us that the body is made up of many individuals. But there is one baptism that causes the body to find its place. Now, for by one spirit we are all baptized into, into, into one what? Body. How do we get into that body? 
when we confess our sins, redemption takes place. When redemption takes place, because we confess our sins, and the greater one than John the Baptist is now Lord of all, he baptizes us with what? The Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Some of you are saying, oh man, I'm afraid to talk. No, no, don't be afraid to talk because the reason that this is happening is because we have all got things mixed up. If you ask the Baptist, do we uh, have any ex-Baptists here? Who? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Talking to his sister-in-law about truth. Whoa, easy. <laughs> all right, Carol. You were a Baptist. When did you get the Holy Ghost when you were a Baptist? I was baptized into, but I never got it until I received the Holy Ghost. You received the Holy Ghost. So, in your faith, in the Baptist faith, they believe that you get the Holy Ghost when you're born again. See, the difference is this, that you can believe and not have the Holy Ghost. Now, the reason I know that is by the pattern of Paul. Let's go to Acts, the ninth chapter. Acts, the ninth chapter. Hallelujah. We're just learning something here. Uh, and it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughterings against, his, against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired him a letter to Damascus to the synagogues that he may find any of that way, if he found any of that way, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And he journeyed and he came near Damascus and suddenly there shone around about him. In other words, he was in a shining place. And about him and a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, The Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he was trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? This is Paul's repentance, his turning from his own way, now submitting unto the lordship of Christ. The blood is being applied. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Okay, now let's go over to, uh, well, here it says, it'll just tell you. And the men journeying with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, and, but seeing no man. Now let's go down to verse uh, 12. Let's go to verse 12. Maybe that will be. All right. And there was a man named Ananias, and he has seen in a vision, or it was Paul, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias said, Lord, have you heard about this crazy guy he's killing lots of people and how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem and here he hath authority of the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name but the Lord said unto him go thy way watch this go thy way 
He is a chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him the great things how he must suffer for my namesake. And Ananias went his way, entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, what's he calling? Ah, he's now in the body of Christ, isn't he? He's in the body of Christ. The blood has been applied. He has been baptized because of his confession in the Holy Ghost. And here it says, and Ananias comes in and says, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight. There you go. Right? And do what? Well, wait a second. He's already a brother. He's already chosen. He's already set aside. He's already been covered with the light, the glory, or the spirit of Christ. He's now a brother. He's a brother born of the same seed, born of the same blood. And it says that you might receive thy sight and be filled with the what? So you could be a believer and not be filled with the Holy Ghost. But you couldn't be a believer and not be baptized by the Holy Ghost. Remember, baptism is being submerged or covered with. Let's go to the next verse. And immediately there fell from his eyes that had been like scales, and he received his sight forthwith, arose, and was what? What kind of baptism? Water. Water. We have three stages of the New Testament. New birth, the blood, the baptism of the Spirit, and baptism of water. In between those two, it doesn't always happen this way, but in between those two, there is an infilling. There must be a difference between baptism and infilling. The baptism is a work in response to the confession of our sins, the acceptance of Jesus as Lord, the application of the blood. We are baptized in the Holy Ghost or with the Holy Ghost, and then we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. But they're entirely two different things. Entirely two different things. So people say that when they, the Baptists say, well, you got the Holy Ghost when you got saved. No, you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you never received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You can be baptized in the river, and that doesn't mean the river's in you. Right? So we see that we are baptized into the body of Christ. Well, let's, let's go to uh, Acts 2. Acts 2, 1 through 4. How, gee, many. I've been preaching too long. Sorry about that. Remember how the Son of God was born the first time? And the Holy Ghost will come upon thee, Mary. And then that which is born of his presence will be called the Son of God. When the presence comes up on you, 
what do you end up being? Called the son of God, the daughter of God, the people of God, the redeemed of God. Isn't it? Absolutely. And then Jesus, even though he was born of God, he was the son of God, he had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, he was the son of God, and he had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Luke 4, 1 through 4, Matthew 3, uh, I think it's uh, 17 on down through the rest of the Scripture. So, when Jesus came to the river Jordan, he was water baptized. What happened to him? A dove descended from heaven, lit upon him, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Then the Holy Ghost led him into the wilderness. If he was the son of God already and he had to be filled, don't you think we would have to be filled after we were sons? Amen. And then it says this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. Remember what Nicodemus said? You must be born of the word and of the spirit. And the spirit was like the wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Now let's go to verse 2 again. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Where they were sitting. Where they were sitting. Where they were sitting. Who has a bottle of water? Oh, do you? David, did you drink all that there? Here, is that yours, David? Nope. Well, bring it up here anyway. That's Okay. Now, take that off there, David. Just don't put it in your mouth. Hallelujah. Uh, who has a golf ball? You think there's not one in here. Who's got the golf ball? Bring it up here. You know, you, you people, now, now this is not planned, but sometimes you people thinking I'm just crazy. You know, there was a woman that had cancer over in Kenton. I was in a, a, a barn and uh, I was preaching, and I called this lady out, and I said, uh, you're not here for yourself. Thank you. You're not here for yourself. You're here for your daughter, and she has breast cancer. Her mom started breaking down. I said, where's your daughter? She said, she's sitting right there. I said, there's a woman to put one snicker bar, a little one. It is in your purse. I need for you to pull that out. One woman stood up, pulled one snicker bar out. I said, here, take this and eat it and go home healed. She ate it. She was cancer-free. So you, sometimes you think I'm just pulling these things out of the wind. God doesn't leave me any place he ain't already been. And the bottom line is, when I'm with God, my thoughts are his thoughts, and his thoughts are my thoughts. Now, this is a regular old golf ball. But if the wind came in and filled the room, Give me that water there, David. And filled the room. We're pretending this water is 
wind. Thank you, David. Now, what just happened to this water? It was what? It was just baptized, wasn't it? If that golf ball, if this was the upper room, and that golf ball was Peter, and the wind came in, what would do that? What would that do to Peter? It would baptize him, wouldn't it? It would baptize him. They had already acknowledged that Jesus is Lord because he's appeared to them after his resurrection. He has now ascended to heaven. The Holy Ghost is now poured out. Now the Holy Ghost enters that room. It fills the room. Why did it say it filled the room? It's telling you he's here and he's baptizing them into the body of Christ. Then the Holy Ghost sets upon them and they weren't baptized with the Holy Ghost. They were what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filling with the Holy Ghost. Don't drink that, David. Give me that golf ball back. I'm taking him out of the body of Christ. Here's your golf ball back. Hallelujah. And what do you think of that? Now, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> praise God, I'm telling you, God's smarter than all of us. Amen. All right. Now, so everybody in the room is baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost sits upon them. He doesn't do anything until the work of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is done. Remember what happens. The old man must disappear and we must become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Could again, amen. amen. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then they are filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's go to Galatians 3.26. I'm just going to pound this thing home so we never ever say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you've been saved? Have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? They don't get baptized in the Holy Ghost after they're saved. They get saved when they are baptized in the Holy Ghost. For we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have what? Put on Christ, the old man, the new man. And then it said, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Next verse. And if ye be in Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise of God. Now let's go to Colossians 2, 11. David, will you just turn to Titus 3, 5 so I can save some time. <clears throat> And there, there are just so many of them. I'll, I'll just rattle them off here and you can write them down. Romans 6, 3 through 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made us. Ezekiel 18, 30 through 32 says that God will put us into his kingdom, take out of us the old man and put into us a new spirit. He will give us a new spirit. That's the new birth. Amen? 
Galatians 4, 4 through 7, and Romans 8, 14, and Ezekiel 36, 25, 30. But let's look at this. In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands in the putting off of the body of sins by the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in what? Wherein also ye are raised with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Now stop right there. Buried with him and baptized, wherein also you are raised with him. When does the raising of the believer to be seated in heavenly places take place? Somebody say, at the new birth. When you repent of your sins, you translate out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, you are raised up and seated with him in heavenly places, right? So when it says buried with him in baptism, this can't be water baptism. It has to be the baptism of the Holy Ghost that happens after the application of blood because that's when you are raised with Christ. Could again, amen. You're not raised with Christ when you're water baptized. You're aware because that's an act of obedience to clear your conscience. This is an act of faith. It says that through him the faith of the operation of God. This is an act of faith. This is not an act of obedience that water baptism is. This is an act of faith. And the act of faith is used at the new birth. Could again, amen. When we are baptized into Christ, confessing our sin, we are baptized by the Holy Ghost, and at that time we are raised with Christ by the operation of the faith of God who raised him from the dead. Next verse. Oh, and you turn... I don't think there you go. <clears throat> and being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh... Hath he quickened together with him, made you alive, having forgiven you all your trespasses. When does that happen? At the new birth. You're forgiven. Then you're quickened, made alive. And then it says, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it away, out of the way, nailing it to his cross. What's he talking? He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When does the baptism of the Holy Ghost take place? When I confess Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Remember, the blood into the cloud, then through the water. Amen? Amen. Now, what happens to us when we are baptized into the Holy Ghost? Or with the Holy Ghost? Let's go to... Romans 8 chapter. Romans 8, 14, and then we're going to wrap up with this. <clears throat> Somebody said, oh, thank God, I'm so confused. We're so confused because we never hear the truth. Now, listen, I preached this for over 25 years. I still contend with it with pastors and denominations, and I refuse to agree with an error. It is, it, it is not the receiving of the Holy Ghost. It is the work or the baptism in the Holy Ghost that brings us into the body of Christ. 
For as many of us are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we what? We cry what? So wait a second. When we receive the spirit of adoption, when does that take place? At the new birth. That's when we receive the spirit of Christ in us. The blood in the cloud. Redemption into the kingdom. Redemption into the body of Christ. Redemption into Christ. Redemption buried with him, raised with him. Redemption in the cloud, then through the water. Now, when we are born again, we receive a spirit of adoption. We cry, Abba, what? Father. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost... What do you say? You speak as the Spirit gives you utterance. And they all spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. One is the work of the Holy Ghost. The other is an infilling of the Holy Ghost. The languages are entirely different. The work is entirely different. But if we don't understand what takes place with us, then we're always going to be wrestling with what we believe. The reason I discovered these things was that after I was saved about two years, I went to a Pentecostal church, Brother Samuel Thomas, black pastor. He was my pastor all my life. And he preached... And he said, everybody need the Holy Ghost, and I agreed. But I worked beside a Baptist that told me I got the Holy Ghost when I got saved. So I was confused, like most Christians. I was confused. And so I said, does anybody know the truth? So the first time I preached on the Holy Ghost, I said, I'm telling you, you need the Holy Ghost. I don't know how you get it because I ain't got it, but you need it. Now, I have since changed my doctrine. I don't know if you get it when you get saved. I don't know if you get it later. But I know you got to have it. I bet they said, what an idiot. They probably said, oh, yeah, that's all true. Hallelujah. No. Then I took a sabbatical. I just stopped listening to people. And I went to Hebrews, the sixth chapter, John, one through three and I spent a year and a half or two years studying nothing but the six basic doctrines and that is the foundation of my faith and the faith of this church in fact I did such a great study a Bible college purchased the rights to have those six basic doctrines and I sold them why I needed the money and I sold them They still have the rights to them today. But I don't need them because I know what I believe. I know what I believe. And so I discovered what I believed on my own. I didn't go out and find 15 books. No, I just went to the Bible because I found I couldn't trust people. Now, I do trust certain people. 
I don't trust you to be at my house when I asked you to be at my house. Because last time you didn't even show up. Oh, oh, I do know. We had this discussion about three weeks ago in this same church. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now you remember that day. Flashbacks. According to you, yeah. yeah, according to me. <laughs> you can't show up the next day and say, hey, I'm here, Pastor. I said, I was under the truck pen yesterday at 12 o'clock. <laughs> and so I went to the scripture and I found out. And when I found it, I was so confused because if I believed one way I could lose friends if I believed another way I could offend my pastors but I chose to believe God and I said this is a stand I'm taking and so today that's why I teach just what I teach the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the work of the Holy Ghost Titus 3 5 and the Titus 3, 5, Romans 6, 3 through 7, they all tell us that when we are baptized into Christ, we are a new creature. And we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's what gets us into heaven. That's what gets us rights to the inheritance. But we can receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost so that we can demonstrate who God is and the faithfulness of his Redeemer Christ Jesus now we can do that amen hallelujah so next week we're going to get into receiving infilling of the Holy Ghost not just weren't you used to be Baptist you was afraid to say anything weren't you oh she told you not to all right no I'm just I don't I told you, you, you can't believe Baptists. I'm telling you, they're just like them Pentecostals. Hallelujah. So we give you a lot of scripture today. You take it home, just simply look at it, compare it. It's very simple. You don't get the Holy Ghost when you get saved. You are renovated, recreated by the Holy Ghost, raised up and seated in heavenly places with Christ because of your redemption. And then we can receive the Holy Ghost and begin to get an utterance from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now today, God. Hallelujah. God, prepare our hearts. Transform our minds, God, that next week, God, that we will be able to just follow the simple instructions and receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is the gift of God. Salvation is our gift and we receive it by faith. God, the Holy Ghost is a gift, the infilling, we receive it by faith. And God, our water baptism is an act of obedience and a cleansing of our conscience. And God, we sincerely submit to that oracle of faith. And God, I ask you today, just help us grasp the basic truths of the working of God. The working of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a stomach problem. Well, there's multiple stomach problems being healed right now. 
in the name of Jesus. Multiple stomach problem. There's a bowel problem. I don't know if they, it's a twisted bowel. Uh, it, in fact, it might be on a child, a, a twisted bowel. And uh, that is going to unravel, going to become untwisted in the name of Jesus. We pray right now, God, for that young newborn baby that is in the hospital right now, Children's Hospital, that God, her lungs seem not to be forming. But God, we speak in the name of Jesus Christ a creative miracle. And God, we command those lungs and the oxygen level of her blood to rise up. Let her begin to breathe on her own, God. Let her begin to respond. Let her, God, stand and let her, God, be what you've called her to be. Let her fill the office of the prophetess that you have called her to be, God. And let her stand in the place, God, and intercede for the nation. And God, I send forth the healing word and I command those lungs to be recreated. I command oxygen to fill that blood vessel in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Devil, loose her and set her free in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God, I just praise you right now. Hallelujah. There is a, like a pinched nerve. Someone has a pinched nerve. I don't know if you had a vertebrae out of place and, uh, or what happened, but it, it seems to be the side effect of something else that happened to you. And they've, uh, you know, they've done what they can do, but only God can heal that pinched nerve. And I command it right now to just come down in its swelling, its inflammation. I command that nerve to be normal in the name of Jesus Christ. Now you can just move your neck and check. You'll find the pain is all gone. All the limitation is gone. And in the name of Jesus, there's like a spur on a um, elbow. And it is, it, in fact, it is, it is a spur. And it's not like when it is a spur, it sticks out and it's very painful. I curse it in Jesus Christ's name. I command that spur to come off that elbow in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, there are migraine headaches on the left hand side of the head. And I don't understand that. I, I mean, I've seen people divided and be blind and deaf on one side, but, but never like a migraine headache. And it seems like it just splits your head right now. It is, is like right down the center of your brain, one side. You always have a headache and it comes up on, almost just immobilizes you. I curse that right now. I command it to come off of them in Jesus Christ's name. God, I thank you for it. I thank you. Now, if you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never been saved. You've never maybe even heard about the power of the blood. The power of the blood is the only thing that can, that can take your sins away from your life. It is the only thing that will cause eternal life to become yours. It is the only thing that can redeem you from your sin and from your past and from the prisons that you're in right now. God doesn't care if you're on drugs. He doesn't care if you're on, in alcohol. He doesn't care what state that you're in. What he's asking you to do is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is here to save you. He wants every one of you to be saved. He come not to condemn you. He came to save you. He didn't come to punish you. He came to give you eternal life.
Now, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you right now to make that decision. And the first thing I want you to do is raise your hand up wherever you are. Just raise it up and say, Pastor, I need. I see that hand. I see that hand. Where else? Where else? All right. Now I'm going to ask you to do second thing. I'm going to ask everybody to stand your feet. And I'm going to ask those that have raised their hand to please come down here and let me pray with you. A prayer that's going to change your life, that is going to invite Jesus Christ into your life. You raise your hand, step right out of your aisle, and come on down here. Come on down here. Don't worry about what anybody else said. Everybody else has to make, has had to make the trip by themselves. Here comes another one. Someone else. Someone else. Anybody else? Come on, this is your moment. Come, hallelujah. Anyone else? Come up here, young man. Now, when you confess your sin, that blood that is symbolic on that door is going to wash away all of your past. Your past is never going to be remembered. Not one transgression, not one bad thought is ever going to be accounted to you again. God is going to forget your past going to erase it and he is simply going to grant you absolution in other words no sin is put to your account when that blood comes when we pray this prayer it's going to transform your life the Holy Ghost is going to baptize you you're going to become a child of God old things are going to pass away and all things are going to become new and God's going to give you eternal life and you're going to be able to call him father I'm telling you that's going to happen in your life blessing is going to replace cursing goodness is going to replace evil sorrow is going to be replaced with joy and I do encourage you to come back let me be your pastor I'll tell you the truth it might not always be good but I tell it to you like Phyllis always gives me supper lots of times it's not good but I gotta eat it now give me your hand here grab your hands guys give me your hand young lady father pray this prayer with me say father in the name of Jesus I believe that Jesus Christ is your son I believe that he died for my sins I believe you raised him from the dead and I believe he's now alive Jesus come into my heart I declare you Lord of my life and as you have died for me I will now live for you I thank you that I'm forgiven I'm born again I'm a child of God amen and amen God I ask you to bless this these people I ask God that the Holy Ghost would surround them that he would lead them God, bring him into a place of hunger and thirst to know more about you. And God, I just thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, we rejoice with heaven today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise God. If you go with John, John's got a book he wants to give you that we've written that'll help you with your Christianity. Thank you, sir. Thank you. What's your name? Joey. Joey. Crazy. What's your name? Cody. 
Glad to meet you guys. Hallelujah. I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a good round of applause. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wednesday night, Matt Hagee. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. David, call the maintenance man. Get this water up off the, the carpet. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless these people. like a uh, what would you call that God uh, the nearest thing I can think of is like a stone bruise but it's not a bruise but there has something happened to your foot like you stepped on a stone or something and I don't know if that just catapulted this uh, build up this growth on the side of your foot but in the name of Jesus, that is disappearing right now. In Jesus Christ's name. Now, Father, I thank you for it, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.